my gosh, dude. 2.3. Who saw that coming? I guess we all saw it coming because I said they were going to do it. Also, welcome to the Diablo show, episode 24. This literally finishes out the season. I told you guys, I'd do a new episode and a new patch hit. One of significance, one that mattered. Not that they all don't matter. They all matter in their own special way. But this one really, turns out, matters uh, in a bunch of ways and made it totally worth doing an episode for. And I told you I would. So here I am doing it. I powered level that monk in two days. Starting last Tuesday. Well, let's see. I guess I really didn't get to play it Tuesday because it was at night and I didn't have time. So when did I finish that? I guess it was mostly Saturday and Sunday when I played that character and um, took him to 70 with some help with some friends and dinged 70, which meant a couple of things. One, I'm on my way to doing all the things season four has to offer. That means everything. I'm planning on on uh, getting all of the achievements and and the, uh, what do you call them? Oh, the word already left me. There's a word for those. Ah, crap. Whatever it is. Whatever they call them. The stuff you do to get all the little jobs done so that you can get the, the, the pet and stuff at the end. And the banner and all that, right? So I'm going to do all that. Uh, and... Uh, surprisingly having fun with a monk. So I've never played a monk. Not seriously, anyway. A couple of little dabbles here and there. But that was my daughter's character on my account, so I just kind of let her play that. I never looked at it or touched it. She played it to to full level and enjoyed it. But I'm not really a melee guy, not that interested in that. I already had a full level 70 plus some uh, barbarian, and I also have a um, crusader at that level. So I thought, well, you know, what's the point? I don't need to have all the melee classes, a class I don't necessarily enjoy as much as ranged or magic classes. And so I didn't do it for a very long time until season four. And I was like, well, all right, time to break out the monk. I made one named Larry (laughs) and uh, sent him on the path to uh, fulfillment for his 9,000 gods or whatever it is he has. And I got to admit, having a lot of fun with him. Partly because this patch is super rad, but also because he's just cool. But we'll talk about the patch. We'll talk about all the other stuff right now. All right. It's been a while. And today is not going to be about news because there really is no news except for the news about the patch and about how well things have gone. Did you console people? I'm one of those people too, so I shouldn't say you people. But did consoles get the update? Or is that later? I haven't checked. I should probably load that game up and see. Because I am unsure. Anyway, the major features of this patch feature, uh, well, I think the number one feature is the Kanai's Cube. And if you haven't watched Blizzard's sort of introduction to to Kanai's Cube and where... Its origins are from its lore, and then also why they named it what they named it. It's pretty awesome, actually. As you may recall, uh, one of their artists, who's been with the Diablo team since a very long time, died very quickly of cancer uh, that was diagnosed, and then not long after that, he had passed away. And Ken Kanai was a very popular guy on the team, not just on the Diablo team, but across Blizzard. 
a lot of people in the WoW team and, and others were very affected by this. And they decided to have this be a tribute to him. And it really definitely is. And the more you learn about that, the, the cooler some of the stuff that happens in game is. Like the things will be said in the game. You're like, oh, that's so cool that they're, you know, they're really honoring him and the work he did in this game. So you guys should check that out if you haven't. But Kanai's Cube, good times. That thing's pretty great. Brings back the, uh, the, the feeling and the, and the reason why uh, the Haradra Cube is so great. But then takes it about 10 miles further. And uh, that's what I like about it. So it's number one job. Uh, it's a lot of players, although I'm not sure. Well, I think I kind of agree. Is extracting legendary powers. And there are even a couple of recipes that the cube doesn't currently list or show. But has the ability to do. And I'll decide if I'm sharing those today or not. Maybe I'll let people figure that out, those out on their own. Let's just say it has to do with the cow level and getting to Whimsyshire, for example. Anyway, so extracting a legendary power, that's the orange text power, assuming you can see colors properly, on a legendary item, right? You can extract that power. It allows you to use it with any build of a character without equipping that corresponding item. So in other words, you destroy this legendary item it was extracted from. That's, there's no getting around that. You kill the sword or the helm or whatever it is that had the power. After you extract the power, it can be equipped in one of three slots in the cube's AI. These three little slots right down below the kind of crafting table that is the cube. And you can have basically the weapons. Well, there's a weapon slot, right? That can hold one power from a one-handed weapon, two-handed weapons, or any of the offhand items like shields, quivers, uh, sources, mojos, all that stuff. The armor slot can hold any one power from any armor slot. And again, these would include hands, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Uh, hands, wrists, waist, legs, feet, all that stuff, right? Jewelry slot can hold one power from either a ring or an amulet. So once extracted, it'll always be available to equip for free. It just puts it in this big book of equipable powers. And changing between powers is real easy. You just get back to the cube, swap it around, and then out you go. It's not something you can switch while you're out in the field, but just, you know, teleport back to home and swap it out if you want to. And all the correct, all the characters who are in the same mode. So, in other words, once this, uh, well, let's say you've done it in your your, your main account that's non-seasonal. Every other character you have in that account can also use these powers that have been extracted. Um, you only have to do it once, so it's account wide basically. Um, if you have seasonal characters, you have to if you've unlocked some outside of that season, you've got to wait till that season clears for that stuff to roll over. But just like money and items and all that other stuff, that stuff rolls over. It seems a little confusing when you first approach it, I will admit. I think that's on purpose. Um, I want They want this to feel a little, uh, what's the word? They want it to feel epic and mysterious and cool and have you feel like you're having some part in learning what it's about without it being spelled out too much. It all comes through the disembodied spirit of Zoltan Cool, who's a, a real butthole, as you know, and you've already killed him, but he's back, baby. He helps you get the cube, tells you where to find it, and uh, he's the one that helps you know what to do with it. All right, so you have him to thank, I guess, for some of that stuff. Here's what it costs to do every one of those legendary extractions. One legendary item with a special orange power. So it can't just be any legendary. It has to have a special orange power. Uh, one each of the Axe New Bounty Cash materials, which I'll get to in a minute, and then five Death's Breaths, which isn't that much. It's actually relatively inexpensive to do this. However, getting those act-specific bounties 
are it's a complicated thing right there are other abilities in the cube obviously that do various things they're more utility based this one is i think the one i just described is the core one but there is reforging a legendary so you can take a legendary and say well i want it to have you know better stats or whatever it's essentially a re-rolling uh, the upgrade, you can upgrade a rare item. You can take a rare item, stick it in there. It's very expensive, though. I don't know why you'd do this. I think you'd do it with a leveling character. Because it's a level 70 equipable rare item. Yellow, right? 25 death, death breaths, 50 reusable parts, 50 arcane dusk, and 50 veiled crystals. That's a lot of resources. None of them are the new act materials, but still, that's a chunk of change. And you probably have a ton left over from all the work you've done up to this point. So maybe up front it's not that expensive, but later on, whew. Uh, you can convert set items. So let's say I put a helm from a set in, and I, it's going to pop out a random item from one other piece in that set. So let's say it's the Firebird set, and I'm missing gloves. I can put it in there, and I might get gloves, but I also might get shoulders or pants or chest or something. So you want to be careful there. It takes one set item and ten deaths breaths and ten forgotten souls, which, again, those aren't as easy to come by. Well, they're kind of easy. Well, yeah, whatever. I have a ton of them from all the play I've done before this, but if you're just getting into Diablo, those are going to take a while to earn. Uh, you can remove level requirements on items. You can convert gems. Makes that, That's real straightforward. You want to take 10 strength gems or 9 gems, rather, because that's how many slots you have. You put them all in there in the cube, and it will convert them to the kind you want. Let's say agility gems or something. That's pretty good. And you can convert crafting materials. So it converts 100 crafting materials from one rarity to another determined by the item's rarity. And so it costs you 100, reus 100 reusable parts or 100 arcane dusk or 100 veiled crystals. So again, you're converting from one of those three core types. One normal magic or rare equipable item and then one death's breath and then all that stuff will convert to the thing of your choice. There are a couple of hidden ones that do not, uh, like I said, are in there. I'm going to tell you what they are because you know what? Spoilers, who cares? There is a portal to Greed's Domain. So that's cool, right? All you need is one puzzle ring. That's your cost. And you can just portal right to that thing. You don't have to wait for it to pop randomly. Portal to the Not-A-Cow level, which is one bovine bardish, which is, I guess you buy those. Or do those drop? I don't remember. Anyway. It's pretty cool. Uh, I like the cube a lot, and I like its arrangement. I like its UI. I like some of the mystery around it. I like Zoltan Cool's attitude. I like everything about it. And that's a big thing in this patch. Second biggest thing for me is the changes in adventure mode. And they are interesting, and riffs for that matter. So let's get into this real quick. In bounties, there are now act-specific materials. So you got to go in there, and you got to go, all right, for me to get this new awesome legendary plan that dropped, if I want to build this new set or this new legendary, I need these new uh, bits. And the new bits might be, oh, let's see if we can find a name for one of these. I wrote them down. Where did I put them? Okay, here it is. The, yeah, I can't find it. But in the caches, they give you, they're different. Uh, it doesn't matter what they're named because it's the same stuff for each act. But you go to act one, you get a certain kind of material. You go to act two and you clear that cache, you get a certain kind of material. Um, when you walk out of there, let's say you do all five acts, you get five new building materials. You get uh, up to, I want to say it's three on relatively low levels. And in the higher torment levels, you get up to six. And those are then used to build stuff. Um, so right away, 
if something requires an act one material, you can build something that, that needs it uh, pretty quickly after you do the, the bounty. Now, as much as I don't, I, bounties are my least favorite way to grind a character. I really like rifts a lot. Uh, this now makes it so you kind of have to go do more bounties to get those materials if you want to craft the better stuff or get, you know, get the materials you need to, to work with your cube more. Um, so you're kind of, requ nah, not required to, but it's, it's a good incentive to go do it. Thankfully, they improved a bunch of the bounty stuff. Better bounties overall, some new stuff, some more variable stuff. Uh, they, they cleaned up a lot of things. Uh, arrows showing you what direction you're supposed to be going show up a lot sooner. It's just a little more efficient. Um, I still think all the acts besides Act 1 take too damn long. They just take forever compared to Act 1. Another cool change, it's a small one, and I don't even think it's documented, but it used to be when you'd go in, it would have one of them would give you a bonus cash, right? So you'd want to go do that one first. And while that's great and all, that would only pop uh, every few hours during the day, some server-controlled thing. In this particular case, as soon as you do, let's say Act One is your bonus cash one. As soon as that's done, one of the other cat or one of the other um, uh, bounty acts, Acts Two through Five, will now be the one that has the bonus. So you can immediately go do that one. Let's say it's Act Three. Then it says, "All right, Act Two is now the bonus one." It'll do. It'll keep just shifting to another one, and so you can spend a lot less time waiting around for bonus ones or trying to maximize that. You just literally do the bonus ones over and over, you know, each time it ever, each time it pops, whatever it may be. Also, another thing I really like is you get a diabolic horde. These are a chest. It's a horde, diabolic horde chest upon completion of a boss kill. So you kill the butcher, you kill Malthel, you kill whoever, Diablo, whoever. They don't just die and poop out a bunch of gear and gold. They do that. They still do that. But when they're done, a chest appears in the middle of the place, and you go pop that thing, and it's supposed to be double the bone or uh, double the stuff you would get from a resplendent chest. So imagine a resplendent chest and how excited you are to see those. Now double that, and that's basically what you're getting with the diabolical horde. Okay, I really like that. It makes doing because I kind of dread the boss fights. It's like, ugh, I really want to fight the butcher again. I now feel way less grindy about that because this chest is really great and I got, I've gotten some sweet stuff out of there. So anyway, that's what's changed there for the most part. There are little other tweaks here and there, uh, not the least of which is the Torment now goes up to 10. All of you probably knew that, um, so that's important. And of course, the difficulty stretch and then the rewards you get for going higher levels has of course adjusted accordingly and all that. So uh, anyway, that's all good. Uh, overall... Most things that you need to craft are less less than they used to cost. For example, Reaper's Wraps. Remember these? Very early, well, relatively early um, recipe for for making, uh, for your wrists. And they used to be like 25, 72, 7, 1, uh, 2, and then 5 Death's Breaths. Now it is like a lot less expensive, 20, 20, 1, and then these new maybe these new materials have to be thrown in there. But again, if you just do the bounties, you're going to get those materials. It's not like they're going to be hard to get. So less cost overall. Some of them don't require the new materials at all. Some of the older recipes, but the newer ones do. Here's another thing I noticed immediately. And again, not so documented, but there's a catch up uh, mechanic in play here where the very first rift I did, or excuse me, very first, uh, not rift, very first uh, uh, bounty 
act that I did. I got back and 90% of what pooped out of that thing were plans and uh, recipes. So set plans and recipes for for uh, legendaries just blip, 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 just stacked up. And I filled up my inventory and looked in there. I was like, oh my gosh, it's all books. So I took it to the guy, right-clicked them all. What they're doing is catching you up on all the old recipes that you don't have from the game from its inception till now so that you can catch up on all that stuff and then the newer stuff is you know still still comes to you here and there but it's still you know kind of normal difficulty to get the old stuff they've just way up to the chances of you getting it so you can get all the old archive stuff which means you can build out your you know your stuff that you want to put on your transmog and all that so that seems nice i like i like getting all those i was surprised how many i didn't have i thought i had most of this stuff um Oh, and the key wardens, uh, they don't drop keys anymore. They drop infernal uh, infernal machines. And uh, the drop rate's about the same. But uh, bottom line is, the result is easier hellfire item crafting. And if you have any infernal keys right now, they'll convert to the corresponding infernal machine. I don't want to get too deep into that. That's like a, you know, that's the thing everybody should want to aim for. You want your, your hellfire stuff, but uh, you can look all that up. Uh, and there's also a new shrine. It's the Bandit Shrine. It's found only in the overworld that spawns several treasure goblins. You know the, the 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 many treasure goblins. This one now poops out a bunch of them, and it's uh, crazy. And I've had a couple of those pop. And there are also some that are faking it, like sending out duplicates of themselves that aren't real treasure goblins to fool you. There's a lot going on with treasure goblins. Let's put it that way. You're getting creative there. Oh, I think that's everything about adventure mode changes for the most part. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. There is one other thing. And this applies to both rifts and adventure mode in general. And that is the ruins of Sesheron. Which sounds like the leftovers of your Chinese takeout. But anyway, this is a new zone. It's located northeast of Act 3. And uh, you can get there via teleporter. It has a teleportation. And you can travel there, I guess, also. This is the old barbarian capital. And if you remember in the lore, this was destroyed by Bale in Diablo II, Lord of Destruction. The opening cinematic. I think that's awesome that this is returned to that. So now the, uh, the old place is basically covered in monsters. They have new stuff. Yetis, ninja beetles. Sorry. <laughs> Naja beetles. They're not ninja beetles. Rat Kings, the Ica Clan Karza. I don't think I'm think I don't think I'm saying that right. Anyway, a bunch of traps and other stuff hidden around. A bunch of chests, gold, and a bunch of new kinds of bounties. When you get bounties out there, pretty cool. There's a, a new a King of the Hill style battle when you uh, freed the imprisoned Abd Al Hazir. I've done that one once. It's pretty cool. And uh, let's see. Oh, and then this is where you get the cube. So. The Elder Sanctum is where the cube is kept. You can also see where the king is, where King Kanai, uh, his his bones lay in his throne room, which is pretty cool. And there are the ghosts of the, of the uh, barbarians everywhere. It's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. It's all very snowy outside, cool dark dungeon stuff inside. Great new zone. Totally worth checking out. Uh, so yeah, that's the other big change. Uh, to to I guess that affects everything anytime you're in there. Anyway, and then you've got, of course... Uh, Oh, what else? Changes to characters and balancing and, you know, items gotten changed around. They tweaked some sets and added some sets and all that other stuff. Uh, season 4, full of the things you'd expect 
Um, there are some new legendaries, for example, for everybody, for the Barbarian, the Dishonored Legacy. It's a one-handed mighty weapon. The Crusader gets a new belt, a sacred harness to harness his sacred unit, I guess. Uh, the Demon Hunter gets the Demon's Demise. It's a hand crossbow. A monk gets a fist weapon called Lion's Claw. Witch Doctor gets Henry's per Perquisition, whatever that is. It's a mojo. Poor Henry. And uh, the wizard gets Fazula's Improbable Chain, which is also a belt. And way better this time about the season's journey. There's a sort of progression system in introduced in this patch. And they're calling it Season's Journeys. And the journeys provide portrait frames as well as a pet and some other cosmetic rewards. But the journey consists of nine chapters. And it's a bunch of challenges, stuff you've got to do. Do your first transmog. Build your first item. Get your dude up to level 10 crafting. Like all this kind of stuff. These are all broken down online if you want to find them. But they tell you as you go. And if you get all of them, you get a rad pet and some other stuff. So uh, highly recommend it. Conquest. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Conquest. Anyway. It's cool. Uh, I really like it. I dig it a lot. And I'm having a lot of fun. And I can't believe I'm actually enjoying playing a monk. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really finish him out this for this season. And get him maxed. Um, with all the achievements, conquests. And uh, you know, finish out his quote-unquote journey. Let's see where that takes us. Um, because man, what a, what a fun time this is. And good job, Blizzard. Man, just, you know, they keep the game alive with some really great content. It makes me really wonder what they're going to do next. And I'd like to talk to you about a theory of mine. All right, let's look at what we know about BlizzCon coming up in November. Got a couple of months to go, a month and a half, whatever it is. Here's my thinking. They announced a World of Warcraft expansion way in advance. They announced it at Gamescom in Germany. They've never done that before. And that leads me to believe that that will not be your big stage reveal at BlizzCon. And maybe nor should it 10 years in, right? Plus, they're trying to release that thing faster. I'll bet we get beta by BlizzCon, but I don't think that's the big stage reveal. We already have known quantities in everything else. Heroes is plugging along doing what it does. An amazing... Amazing uh, Diablo-themed last few months, by the way, in Heroes. So good. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you. When you get to level 70 with your Season 4, you get Malthel's Steed or Horse or whatever they're calling it. Malthel's Ride. <laughs> um, it's uh, his horse. <laughs> so pretty cool. He's got little smoke legs. And uh, you can have that as a, a free mount in Heroes of the Storm. And you can only get it by getting a Season 4 hero to level 70. Uh, which is another reason I did that. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so they've cleared the stage on that. And, and Heroes, it's, it's a thing. It's going. It's not like they're going to have some huge announcement for that. Hearthstone just got an expansion. They may have new th things or new cards to announce, but that's not going to be your main stage thing. That will always be a secondary thing. Uh, StarCraft II Legacy of the Void is coming. We already know that. That's like due any time, probably spring, maybe even later this year. Um, but again, nothing really new to announce there. Just more, probably more to play. And they've got a big stage thing to fill at the beginning of this thing in their opening ceremonies. They always do. So what are we left with? Uh, probably not Overwatch, because we already know what that's going to be. And we're going to have a beta right around that time. So that's exciting. But they're not going to dedicate the stage to Overwatch the way they did last year. Or a big part of last year. 
right? They don't have the new big game like that to announce with that IP. So now we've kind of covered it all, right? I see two possibilities. And I think one is more likely than the other. Possibility number one, Warcraft 4 gets announced. That they've been working on it for a while. Story-driven, RTS, back to the roots of, of Warcraft. They use that as a launching point to do new things with WoW later on. But whatever, Warcraft 4 coming coming to PCs, that that, that that may be a thing they're working on. Possible, all right? I'm not going to deny that that's possible. However, here's what I really think is going to happen and why this is pertinent to this show. They've been making strategic hiring decisions of various creative, talented people in the gaming business who are being asked in these job postings to have thorough understanding of Warcraft lore and war, or excuse me, Diablo lore and Diablo systems. Uh, they have a huge open space on stage at BlizzCon with nothing to announce because everything else is announced. My prediction, and I'm almost 100% sure on this, we are either getting a new expansion, which is possible, for Diablo 3, call it more Reaper of Souls, whatever, or we are getting a straight-up sequel to Diablo 3, and they're going to tighten up that, that time frame. Yes, it took like 10, 12 years between Diablos last time. I'm not sure they ever want to do that again. I think that's the old Blizzard. They don't have that kind of luxury in this world today anymore, the way games work today. I think that they may announce Diablo 4, and this may be the year they do it. And if that's true, that'll be the year I fall over and faint right in the middle of the thing where I'll be sitting in the press area. I am completely and utter, utterly jazzed about that idea. If there is new Diablo being announced at this BlizzCon, happier me, happier you, happier we. And that's just my prediction. I could be dead wrong. I could be smoking the crack. Time will tell. You guys check on me in November and you see, and let's see if I'm right. Right. That game is great. We need to all be playing it right now. This has got me so excited to the point that I made an episode. I don't know when the next one will be, but um, count on something coming soon. We haven't uh, had a show for a while, so there are no piled up emails or calls uh, that are pertinent to what's happening right now. However, if you'd like to participate in the show and have your voice heard, 801-471-0462 is the voicemail line. Uh, you can also send us emails, thediabloshow at gmail.com. That's thediabloshow at gmail.com course the site is frogpants.com slash diablo and uh as always follow us on twitter at diablo show or me at scott johnson we have a new reddit subreddit going on on the frogpants network it's frogpants.reddit.com and uh some diablo folks are posting things in there and if you want to participate in that you're certainly welcome to and if you never got a hold of the diablo show loop pinata we still have some left that's over at frogpants.com slash store uh it's all kinds of cool stuff prints uh, mouse pad, uh, freaking uh, coasters, all kinds of cool stuff. That's at uh, frogpants.com slash store. I think it's going to do it. Uh, next time we talk, very hopeful that uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a bunch of your feedback about what you think about this patch and what you think about the game going forward. And maybe even more importantly, what you think about my prediction about a new Diablo game and or expansion or something like that or something set in the Diablo universe this coming November 7th, 8th, and 9th, or whatever it is, at BlizzCon 2015. How likely is it? All right, chime in, let me know, send me those emails, and I'll talk to you guys soon.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.